on, Mark? How are we doing today? How are you, Johnny? I'm good. I am. Uh, I'm doing doing pretty good. You know, I had a bad dream the other night, though. Oh yeah. Yeah. See, I was going down uh, this uh, this one way street, oh, yeah. and all of a sudden, I saw Willie Nelson on the other side of the street, and he just like almost hit me, and I just woke up screaming, "Oh God, no, Willie! That's a one way street." <laughs> <laughs> Well, if that's not a good segue into uh, this week's episode, I don't know what is. This is Dangle Podcast. This is Dangled Podcast with your hosts, Mark. And John. It's a one-way road, John! No! <laughs> oh, God, Willie, no! This is a weekly podcast where each week me and Johnny, John, whatever, we haven't really nailed that name down yet. We we come together <laughs> and we discuss two episodes of King of the Hill because you love it, and I used to love it, and we're trying to meet in the middle here and figure out whether or not King of the Hill is a good show, and each week we'll rate two episodes and give it to you with our patented Dangle podcast rating, which we will get to at the end of the show. So, yeah, you just, just want to dive on into this one, buddy? Hey, I like it, man. Uh, this week's episode, we're going to start with uh, Season 1, Episode 4, Hank's Got the Willies, as if that wasn't very much apparent. <laughs> I'm proud of you for doing it. Hey, I, I have to go all in on it, you know, and you better believe our next episode, I'm going to find something stupid to do as well. It's probably going to be a very bad Luann impression. I will end the show now. <laughs> but why, Mark? <laughs> anyway, uh, Hank's got the willies. Our original air date here is February 9, 1997. God, okay. God damn, that's a long time ago. That's a long time ago. All right, so our cast of characters this week, we have got Hank, Peggy, Bobby Hill, as well as Luann Platter, Dale and Joseph Gribble, Mr. Boomhauer. We see a little bit of uh, a couple of other uh, famous folks, actually. This is, uh, this is our first celebrity episode, you would say, right? Yes, I, I have notes for that. You wanna, do you want to wait for the, like, all the cameos till we get towards the end, or you want to jump sure, now? Sure, we... we you know, we can we can definitely bring them up as they happen. We have two non non famous cameos that show up here. One of which actually kind of threw me for a loop because apparently this character, one of them, has shown up about seven times in the background. Okay. And one of them is his only appearance. So Howard and Jason Adderley are both cameos in this, and they come back up in a, a story that Hank tells a little bit about Bobby. Mm-hmm. And Howard Adderley is his only appearance. He's uh, Jason Adderley's son. And God, he looks like something out of, uh, I don't even know, like a James Cameron movie or, or shit, John Carpenter's The Thing. Literally uh, The Thing. Might as well be right? The Thing to Hank. He may, he may as well be. Uh, but apparently Jason Adderley shows up like six or seven times. He's also one of the workers at Strickland, which I did not know. Really? Yeah. We'll, we'll keep an eye out for that one. We've got a couple of other fancy uh, cameos that we're going to show off here in just a little bit. Yeah, so, I mean, we've got a lot of cool, famous cameos in here. Uh, I will say, as far as TV shows that do famous people cameos, because they all do, especially mm-hmm. animated shows, um, this is a kind of a cool way to do it, where the main characters are still the main characters, and it's their story. They don't just, like, let the other guy take it over. Yeah, they're, like, second... Yeah, the the cameos are secondary to the plot line. Now, there are gonna we are going to come up with some... Uh, some episodes here in this series where that is not the case, and it's very much the f- standard formula of, hey, we have a famous person, so we're going to do the whole episode around them. Like Namely Hank's cousin, Dusty. Also Dusty. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, 
Anyway, though, so yeah, we've got some cool cameos and, and everything else, but uh, I got a synopsis for you, Mark, if you're ready for it. Yeah, lay around. Yeah, because I'm curious for what yours is, because, yeah, we'll get, th- yeah, go ahead, yeah. <laughs> We're going to see how eloquently I can put this. So, Hank takes Bobby to play a round of golf in order to help him find some purpose in his life. While on the course, Bobby accidentally knocks out Willie Nelson, Hank's personal hero. Bobby facilitates a meeting with Willie, and Hank gets to play guitar with his hero. What do you think of that? I, I think that's good enough, yeah. That's more concise <laughs> that than what I could figure out about this episode, but yeah. It, it's it's a hard episode to kind of nail down because there's so much going on in it, and most of it is just Hank and Bobby. Mm-hmm. But you can't mm-hmm. just really, like, synthesize that down into a couple of, ep- of, of like, uh, of sentences and things like that, so. Yeah. All right, so our A-story characters here are Hank, Bobby, Peggy, and I'm going to say it Willie Nelson because he shows up quite a bit, actually, especially near the end there. Hell yeah. And if it, ha- if it has a B-story, I'm not even really sure if it counts as one. We're going to say Luann's the B-story character. Luann and her, like, trials and tribulations with braiding at the Beauty Academy. <laughs> Pretty much. It shows up three times, so I figure that is pr- as close to a B-story as we're going to get in this. If it happens three times, yeah, it's a, it's a theme. It's a thing that happens. Because the other A story that I, I really consider Peggy, I really consider Peggy tangential to them because, I mean, it, her whole issue with Tank's guitar, it, it's it's pretty integral to the rest of the story. Yes, yeah. but I don't know if that's A story or if that's like a B plot or just supplement to the A plot. If that's like well, I, A sub yeah. one plot, you know what I mean? <laughs> yes. <laughs> A sub one plot. I was like, yeah, that's that's got to be the most eloquent way to put that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so I got some pros and cons here, and uh, okay. feel free to jump in if I if I say something that you also see as a pro and or a con, or if you got stuff to add to it. Yeah. Um. So my pros here, we've got a lot of memorable lines and moments in this episode, like a lot of memorable lines and, and moments. And I think a lot of it comes from the fact that you get to see a lot of 11-year-old Bobby in this episode. He is a shithead kid. Yes, he is. <laughs> uh, I put in here that this is our first celebrity episode of the series, and it, it really does hold up pretty well. It doesn't take a lot of focus away from our main characters. But I'm going to backtrack here a little bit because I feel like sure. I totally just glossed over Bobby here. Uh, so, I mean, the episode opens with, with him uh, playing hank's guitar betsy with a piece of cheese and you know i already have some issues with uh with people getting like dated essentially and prop comedy is definitely dated granted it's a through line through the whole show so it's not a yeah but like that's like bobby's dream like exactly can i can i can i like fest to something go for it i was literally this old but yesterday before i realized that celery top or celery head was carrot top (laughs) <laughs> yeah i don't know what the hell was wrong like it literally clicked and then it hit me like a ton of friggin' bricks i was like oh my god you're dumb you are it's dumb. literally carrot top just carrot top well he and does I, make three million dollars a year uh, you 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 misread that <laughs> people don't pay to see things like that <laughs> all that is is a waste of good glue mark that's all that guy does uh no I'm but so i mean we've got cheddar. like like <laughs> His his introduction uh, and Hank, you know, picking up his guitar and going, why does it smell? Why does my guitar smell like you've been playing it with your feet? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and him just saying, well, I, I've been playing it with a piece of cheese. I'm Eddie Chatter. Uh, also, I, I didn't know for a very long time who Eddie Vedder was, so I didn't get mm-hmm. that joke. Like, yeah, I really yeah, just that's kind did of not an, get that. It's kind of an adult joke. 
Uh, if anything, that is what dates this because granted, Eddie Vedder is still very popular as far as like that generation goes. Cause yeah, shit. He's like one of the only, I think he's still alive. Shit. I don't know. He might be the only one alive anymore. <laughs> God, that sucks. Well, him and um, Keith Richards, but yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, but, uh, no. So, I mean, like Eddie Cheddar, that's, that's kind of, kind of r- a little ridiculous. Um, but then it divulges into, you know, then, then Bobby is imitating Hank on his, on his, uh, his lawnmower and just screaming at Dale. Shut up, Dale. I love that. I I have that as a note. I love uh, anytime Bobby does Hank, especially in this like first season, I love it. Yeah. And I'm a sucker for it. And I will laugh too loud at five in the morning before I go to work and wake up. If anything, it's, you can tell that Bobby is not trying to be cruel at all. He really does yeah. love his dad. So it's a genuine like, yeah, this is my impression of my dad. He does tell this- Dale to shut the hell up a lot. But two, Bobby's a smart kid and he wants to be a comedian. And I'm sure that I, you just hit it. It's an impression. I really think he's trying yeah. to do like character work on Hank, you know, like for yes. 20 years down the line when Bobby's like got his, you know, Comedy Central half hour special. And he's like, my dad was always yelling, but he wasn't an angry guy. Shut <laughs> up, Dale. Like, it'd be great. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. When he's doing his one man show, he's going to have a lot of material to go through with his dad. Bobby Leguizamo presents. Bobby my mind freak. <laughs> but then, yeah, I mean, it's, it is just like rapid fire, Bob, like, like joke after joke after joke with Bobby. And it's just perfect up to the point where he, you know, he's hitting dog turds with Hank's golf clubs, which I still have never done, but I really kind of want to. Next time but, you're up, man, I got a whole set. I got a golf club. I got a set of golf clubs in my studio. We, we'll just go to the park and have fun. <laughs> we'll just go find some landmines, man. It'll be good. <laughs> but yeah, so I don't know. Like you get a lot of good 11 year old Bobby. And unfortunately for Hank, it's, that is what drives him insane. He's like, I just want you to be normal. Please mm-hmm. just be normal. Like me. I want you to be 18 and respectful and like all this other shit. And he can't because he's Bobby for one. And he's 11 years old. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I've also, I, associate a lot with Bobby at this age because Hank screaming at him, put your damn Game Boy down. And that was me. Yeah. That was definitely me at that age. Never had that thing out of my hands. Constantly playing. But it's also weird to me, like, I don't think that people okay, how do I do this right? I don't think Mike Judge understands how Game Boys work. I don't what, think he does either. What video game have you ever played except for like what we can call like Bloodborne or like any of the like Souls-esque where you can't pause it? That's true. But that's such a weird complaint with like especially 90s kids in TV shows. Oh, you just killed me. And it's like there's not a pause button. Like. True. I, I don't know. That's me. It's like weird getting mad at boomers who don't know technology, I guess, but I, well, and honestly, it could just be the fact that some of those earlier games, I know the NES games, the, some of the old uh, Genesis games and things like that, Super NES, like all of those, they get, they got really hard after a point. So even like five seconds of not paying attention would get you killed in some of them. Shit. You ever try to play the original, you ever try to play the original Contra? Like that game. Oh Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, but yeah, like, I, I just, I associate a lot with Bobby with this and just that whole, like, I'm so sad because 
my dad doesn't understand anything about me and he doesn't want to give me the benefit of the doubt. And even when I do something right, like hit a freaking golf ball where it's supposed to go, I immediately screw it up and then he hates me all over again. But it's a weird, it's a weird through line for Bobby though, too. Like, cause he is weirdly good at some stuff. And even when he is weirdly good at some stuff, it never quite seems to be enough. You know, it never is. I would be kind of curious to see if Hank had like nurtured this a little bit and we could have seen Bobby actually like instead of trying and failing to do like every other team in Arlen, he might have been a golfer Yeah, because he actually showed some promise with it. But who knows? Maybe that's uh, that's one of Hank's flaws. We'll, we'll go with that. But like golfing or beef inspection or trivia bowl or um, sh- shooting, Bobby is a crack shot and we only see him do it once. Or the episode when Dale's in the uh, tower and he's like, I want Bobby Hill to take the shot. And he just goes to reach for the gun. Bobby's right. going to kill Dale and he knows like, well, I got to do this. You know, <laughs> he's not only, not only do I it. have to, not only am I burdened with glorious purpose, he's just going to do it. Like, right. Yeah. I don't know. Like we, we see some fun stuff. The other main conflict in this is, uh, is that Peggy is upset that Hank loves his guitar and mm-hmm. she cannot take the freaking joke that he loves his guitar more than her. Because he really doesn't, and he's made it very clear already in four episodes that he doesn't love his guitar more than his wife. And yet she still gets all huffy and does her her naive Peggy Hill thing of, well, I'm going to overblow this just as much as I possibly can. Yeah. But I don't know. I understand her frustration, though, too. Hank is a, well, we'll get to it. I'm sorry. Never mind. I don't want to jump on your pros. Sorry. No, no. I mean, that's. I mean, I don't have a heck of a lot more other than you know some of the stuff near the near the end of the episode also was pretty pretty solid. A lot of the character interactions with some of the celebrities make me giggle. Yeah, those are those uh, are solid. I like Boomhauer and um, Bob. D- it's supposed to be Bob Dylan, right? It is supposed to be Bob okay. Dylan. Yeah, I guess. I mean, we should say near the near the end of the episode for those of you that haven't watched this but are following along with us. Uh, Bobby ends up knocking out. Willie Nelson and then finds him a little bit later on when he gets Hank's guitar after it's been fixed. And so Hank shows up and they hang out at Bob Dylan's house with a bunch of these cool old, old uh, musicians and different things like that. And that's where you get to meet a lot of these cool celebrities like Bob Dylan. Yeah, I do. I think it's funny though. You have a problem with the like carrot top reference, but you don't care about all these old country singers who no one knows about at this point. I see. I don't. Or maybe they're casting a pretty solid, um, I guess she called it a, a net, right? Of like, and and yeah, again, this is like a show in 1997. I, you're not going to get Garth Brooks on it, but I bet True. you can get like uh, Dennis Hopper and uh, Willie Nelson. Right? You get Lyle Lovett, not Rooster Dennis Boy. Hopper, but who am I thinking of? You know, who I'm talking no, you, about the Dennis Hopper's get, there as well. Yeah, he's trying to get Peggy to leave Hank, right? Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Dennis Hopper. What am I? What's wrong with me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I maybe my issue here is that. People like Dennis Hopper, even as much as I say that, and uh, and Bob Dylan, mm-hmm. you're putting them in the same category as Carrot Top. Carrot Top made a ton of money. <laughs> like, but Bob Dylan's been around since the '60s. Carrot Top yeah, like, but... made a bunch of money in five years and then never showed up again. He was a judge on Last Comic Standing and then became a super ripped lesbian. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that it's a personal bias, Mark. You can be. You can make fun of me all you want for Dude, it. Dude, you are not going to convince me that Carrot Top is compelling comedy. Don't worry. Like, <laughs> <laughs> thank God. 
I don't want to have to have that podcast, podcast where Johnny and I d- debate the merits of Carrot Top versus every other comedian. Join us next Good week when we do Carrot Top versus Eddie Murphy's Raw. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. Like I, I thought it was. Uh, they picked some specific characters that that just matched up really well. You already mentioned one, Boomhauer and Bob Dylan. That is hilarious to me. It's they great. already knew that Boomhauer's shtick was going to be that nobody could understand him. So why don't we put him with the most famous person that no one can understand? That is also lauded for his his language skills. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I like the layers of that joke. It it makes me laugh. It's no, it's um, good. Like, yeah, absolutely. What uh, what other po- what other pros you got here, Mark? I got a couple here. If I can pull it up real quick, what are you doing? Yeah, shoot them off. I don't know if it's a pro, but I definitely got the note of Bill's nightgown. That's horrifying. <laughs> oh man, that's so my favorite moment. That's in my one of my favorite <laughs> moments is that whole scene. Because <laughs> what Bobby hits the car with the mower. Bobby hits Hank's truck with the mower. Sets the, <laughs> the horn, horn off, goes right? off. Yeah, and they can't get it to stop, and then Dale kicks it. Don't you dare take credit for that. Didn't happen because of me, but it happened through me. But hey, like he was a no- <laughs> he was a nose Bill's- hair away from attaining car- perfect karma. Bill's standing there in that horrible nightgown dress shirt thing, and he's got his leg propped up on Hank's um, bumper. And number yep. one, I think this is real and characteristic of Bill because Bill would not put his foot on Hank's truck ever. But whatever, that's right. splitting hairs. But number two, we're in Texas in I, what I can only assume is summer. There, Bill is going commando, and that is that is a horror, <laughs> that is a horror in and of itself. Yes, I know we are starting to see some some actual Bill character. Yes, uh, yeah, I think I think that's your horn going off. Yeah, you think, Bill? Oh yeah. Um, like just an episode ago, that would have been a, a jab at Hank, and now it's like, oh, this isn't a jab. You're just kind of an idiot. Yeah. Um, I always get a kick of Luann tying herself into the braiding station. <laughs> yes. That's always Absolutely. funny to me. And then, and then at the end of the episode, her braiding Willie Nelson's hair. You did it right, Luann. Maybe next time, not so much glitter spray. That's, it's yep. always good. And then my only other note for pro is Bobby. This is a great Bobby episode. It's, he's a good kid. He's trying his ass off. He just wants Hank to love him. Yep. Yeah. I said he he is the star of this episode as much as every like I love everybody else's reactions all the cool cameos but it's a good Bobby episode it makes you love him that much more because he mm-hmm. is he's just a wholesome little kid that wants his dad's approval yeah absolutely yeah he, but that's it he just wants the approval you know and I it's yeah all um, right so from I, outside of that I don't have any pros I've got a couple cons though let's let's hear your cons man because I've got a couple as well. Hank is obnoxious in this episode. Yes. I like, wholeheartedly agree. Oh my God. It's a freaking guitar. Shut But it's, I don't know. I get it. It's a 1963 hardtop, And like, yeah, but at the same time, I've got two guitars that are better than 20 years old and I'm not an ass about it. You know, it's true. I feel for Peggy in this one. And you said, okay. you mentioned that like Peggy gets a little bit overwhelming, but in this episode, man, Hank is just a prick about his guitar. And I got to assume this is sort of a reoccurring theme, you know? For sure. He does. Peggy, I think he's one of my issues. I think one of my issues with it is that he definitely, like, the, the writers overdid it with his, his guitar jokes. Yes. You know, they could have cut two or three of them and it might have been a little bit more tolerable. But no, you're right. And so the fact that they nail him and, and just hammer him in so hard is like, 
okay, maybe yeah, maybe I will reconsider how offended Peggy got. Yeah, except for, like, it does lead into Bobby riding the bike with the guitar. I'm going to get it together. I'm going to make my dad proud, and then he bricks it. I'm not going to tell him about that. <laughs> and yeah. that's good. So it kind of brings back the annoyingness. Um, they blow their animation budget on this episode for Hank's friggin' finger-picking with his song, his really crappy yes. Peggy song. And he's not yes. even playing the right notes. And I know, I know how dumb this is, but watch an episode of Simpsons. And, like, really, the one that comes to mind with me is um, Lyle Landley doing the monorail. And yep. they animated it first. And then whoever the uh, music designer was had to write the song around that weird frantic animation. And Fair. in this, he's weirdly finger-picking and nothing matches. And it's like, you took the time to animate ten fingers doing si- doing things but you don't even match it to sound. Shame on you. Shame on you. Right. It's a le- it's a level of depth that you really should be it should be uh, like a standard at this point. It's been established because this is this has happened at the same time that we've already had our monorail episode. Mhm. So, no, I definitely agree. And then my other note, it's not really a con, but it's weird to see Hank joking with Earl in the guitar shop cuz I don't okay. know if like I don't know. I know Hank gets humor. I know that he laughs at Tony Danza. But <laughs> you don't see like you don't see Hank responding to that whole like joke setup punchline thing. He, it's not a thing he does. It's true. And it's just kind of weird and also it's kind of weird just and maybe this is just me like repressing Hank and um Peggy's love. It's weird to see them like hugging and stuff. Yeah. No, and that's going to come again almost... like for every other episode tonight. And maybe I maybe I am just imagining that it doesn't exist because we're so used to, you know, oh, God, my unmentionables, you know, but I don't know. I Well, really, I think what it is is you and I are so used to after they have phased it out because this doesn't exist a lot in, later on in the series. And I they think made that it a very much an it, infrequent yeah. thing. But we got a lot of it right off the bat. I think they honestly probably retooled things after the first season and said, OK, we need to dial that back. Because otherwise, it's just going to be cheese ball every single every single week when we show this. Yeah. Okay. I think you're right. And then uh, my final thought is, and I kind of, I guess we can talk about this now. I think this episode is out of sequence for the series. Okay. Because there are some huge names in here, just as cameos. I don't. Yeah. This is the this is what this is our fourth episode, and you're getting like. You're getting some pretty solid just character, just some pretty solid names in country playing themselves. Yes. And it's just kind of weird to me. I don't, I'm not saying anything about it one way or another, but it almost seems like you'd see this in like season three or four, maybe. After Absolutely. like the show has some notoriety, and I get it, it's Mike Judge, but after the show has some notoriety, after it's been like, hey, we're doing this, do you want in? Well, yeah, absolutely, but. For sure. You know, getting Willie Nelson is one thing, but getting Willie Nelson and getting a couple of other folks with him. Yeah, you're right. Like this, It's not a season one thing to do. Unless, for some reason, Mike Judge knows these guys in real life. Which he might. That guy, I mean, he made a shitload of money before this. I will give you maybe he is like in the Rolodex of Willie Nelson. But he doesn't know Bob Dylan. He doesn't know Dennis Hopper. Like, Dennis Hopper at this point, figure Dennis Hopper is like an A-grade celebrity. At this point, yeah. I mean, like he's he at like, the kind of the height of his power. As to say, at this point, he's uh, he's post Mario Brothers. Well, he can do anything then. <laughs> did you know he died in 2010? Because shit, I didn't. <laughs> I did. Yeah. 
So let's see. You said this was 1997, so we're going to say that it probably yeah. filmed in 19 or they probably cut it in 1996. Yeah, because so this 19- is early 97. Yeah. I just assume like anytime they do like all that's, you know, like anytime they shoot a show or whatever, produce it, they do it like the year before, but it airs the year after kind of thing. Right. There's like a six to nine month delay. So let's see. Let's just see what he was in. Okay. Maybe I think I just figured out why they could get Dennis Hopper. Oh no. Um, the last big thing he was in was Waterworld in 1995. Okay. He and was, that was speed a speed in 1994. Fail. So mate, like, okay. Uh, shooting gallery for 22 episodes, the show in 1995. Hell, a cyberpunk thriller, 1995. Carried Away, 1996. Basquate? Don't even know what that is, 1996. The Last Days of Frankie the Fly, 1996. Space Truckers, 1996. Rounding out with <laughs> Samson and Delilah. 1996. So never mind. I figured out why they could afford to get Dennis Hopper. Never mind. Fair. Next. Fair enough. I, I'm really <laughs> curious. Is he a Tex? Is he a native Texan? Uh, because I'm pretty uh, sure Willie Nelson is. I want to say that that could be part of uh, part of their appeal as well. I know Bob Dylan isn't, but he's not there to be a Texan. He's there to be a butt of a joke with Boomhauer. Not a butt of a joke. He is there to, what do you call that? Supplement the situation. Yes. God, can you just give me a thing? Anything? Dude, he played Napoleon Bonaparte in 1957, so that's something. <laughs> Hopper did? Yeah, um, of course, so this is on IMDb, and I might cut this out, but whatever. Uh, Hopper played a young Napoleon Bonaparte in The Star-Spangled, The Story of Mankind, 1957. Wow. He was also, he was a villain in True Grit, and Hang Him High. I've seen both those movies like a couple dozen times. One of them is a, an Oscar winner for Best Picture, isn't it? True Grit is, yeah. Yeah. Let's see what Wikipedia has to say about Mr. Dennis Hopper. Hopper was in an Oscar-worthy movie. I'll take things I didn't think I was going to say today for 300 Alex. So just for funsies, he... I don't think he's from Texas. He was born in Dodge City, Kansas. He died in L.A., but duh. Okay. And his final resting place is in Taos, New Mexico. Okay. I mean, he's been around the Midwest then, so that kind of mm-hmm. that kind of tracks. Yeah. And then you said um, Bob Dylan too, right? As long as we're Googling stuff. I, I'm pretty sure Bob Dylan's not Texan. I think Bob Dylan's from Tennessee or something, right? Or something he, he might be, or but I know he New spent York, all his... I don't know. Yeah, as I say, he spent all his time in the, in the village in New York. He was born in Duluth, Minnesota. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Weird stuff we learn on a King of the Hill podcast. <laughs> the more you know, Mark, the more you know. Looks like he's just from Minnesota, yeah. Huh. <laughs> yeah, looks like, yeah, he went to University of Minnesota. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, moving All on. All right. Uh, so I got a couple of cons here. Uh, I already yeah. did one that, I mean, you've already called me out on it, that I, there's still era-specific jokes. Celery head, Eddie Cheddar, that sort of stuff. If this shit continues, I might just make it like its own little thing. Where I'm like, all right, I'm gonna stop bitching about it. We're just gonna embrace it. This is the one for this this episode. <laughs> um, another con I've got here, and this is just a personal opinion. It's not like I've got anything against the wind, but the B plot, in my opinion, either needed to go away or it needed to do a little bit more. Yeah. 
Now, I don't know if it's just because, like, I thought it was pretty funny, but you barely get to see any of it. So I think I really just did want to see a little bit more. And I did like that they tied it into the end, right into the A plot. But honestly, this is this is going to be me talking out my ass. I don't know how I would have made it better. So I, I'm with you, though. That. I don't know if we need to have... I think you're right. It's not an A... It's not a B plot. I... It, Maybe this is like if you could do if Peggy is if Peggy's guitar hatred is sub A plot one, this is sub A plot like two point five or something. Pretty much. It feels like the only reason that this got to be a thing was because Peggy was angrily pitching at, at Luann and she said, Hey, knock it off. I've got my yeah. my nails. I don't want you to break my nails. It was like they pigeonholed it in there just because. Yeah. Can I ask but. a dumb question? Sure. When she takes off that catcher's mask. And her face is all red. Why is her face all red? Is it because Peggy's hit her in the face with the ball? And it's like the uh, impact bruising? <laughs> that, honestly, that's I, that's the only like explanation I can have for that. Is that, yeah, P- Peggy's just beamed her in the fucking face. But Luann is a pretty solid catcher. Like, we, we established this later on in the series. I don't know. Yeah. I'm nitpicking. Because when I was a kid, I thought she was sunburned. I was like, well, that doesn't make sense. That's not how sunburns work. I don't, I don't know. Right. Well, and I don't know. Peggy does... It, Peggy does have a, a pretty big hit by pitch record, though. This is also true. <laughs> God, what if Peggy's just like your drunk uncle that like gets too drunk and wants to wrestle you because he went to state one time in high school? Oh gosh! And you're like, leave me alone, Uncle Clark. Like, I don't. We don't need to do this. Right? Oh, come here, little shit. Let me show you what a burr face is. No, let's not see what a burr face is. You know what a tree tie-up is? Yes. Go away. <laughs> I'm just really sad that we never got to see a, uh, a Randy the Big Unit Johnson style like bird pelting by Peggy in this series. Uh. <laughs> that was it was worth the silent laughter, Mark. It totally was. It took me half a second. I'm like, what do you? Oh, okay. <laughs> that the exploding bird. Um, and then the last the last con that I've got here is uh, we get a lot of really cool transition music in this episode mm-hmm. that just doesn't exist in any other episode. Hmm. Like, I don't know if you noticed that, like in between scenes or at the end of scenes and everything else, there's a lot of really cool acoustic guitar music that just doesn't exist at all in the rest of this series. And I'm like, what the hell? So Very it's a con true. to me because I'm like, why did this just disappear? It fits with a lot of King of the Hill. Yeah, no, that's, yeah, that's a good point. I don't know. Next time you watch it, you'll have to let me know. Yeah. I know. I just watched it, but I, no, that's, I didn't even catch that one. Good on you. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, keep and, keep and an part eye of out it for was, that in the future. Like a part of it is because this is such a music centric episode. And I also, to your credit earlier, you were talking about how they blew the animation budget on Hank's song. Like that's a damn good song. At least it starts out pretty solid. No, it's not. You're right. No, it's not. You don't rhyme egg with leg with peg with peg a leg a leg a peg a leg a leg a peg a leg. Go to hell. Let no. Let me amend this. The music is good, not the lyrics. Fine. Hank's friggin' sweet picking. On his guitar riff is pretty. Is, just is pretty great. nice. Yeah, sure. It's just great. <laughs> it's also okay. Never mind. We're not gonna talk about that. We don't have time to get into that one. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Hank is weirdly musical, but he's so critical of Bobby doing anything that's not tough and manly and masculine that I can almost yeah. like see in my mind's eye Hank parlaying like, no, no, it's fine. If the boy plays guitar, it's cool because guitar is manly and masculine. But right. if like Bobby came home with like a clarinet, it'd be the end of the <laughs> world. Bobby would be a flute player or a tambourine player. Let's be real. 
He is the best new saxophonist. He goes, I'm like Kenny G. Oh, God. <laughs> and then cut to Wayne's world where Garth is getting his teeth drilled while Kenny G's plays in the background. But Hank is picturing it. Yes. All right. What's uh, what's your favorite moment of the episode, Mark? Um, I really like when Bobby is talking to Willie Nelson and they're t- he's trying to establish who he is. The kid that rakes my lawn? No, I'm the kid that hit you with the golf club. You've been raking my lawn with the golf club? I want my quarterback. That's a great <laughs> That's a great little back and forth between those two. Yes. It's fantastic. Yes. Um, and, and Hank's truck. Dale kicking Hank's truck. It didn't happen because of me, but it happened through me. That's a yep. great Dale moment. Dale always has this weird tap into like mysticism or whatever. He doesn't because he's Dale, but like he says he does. The only thing missing from that that would happen in any other season is that Dale doesn't go, sha sha sha. <laughs> it's the only thing that's missing from that right there. Yeah. You're right. I The fact that, to me, one of my favorite moments is just that Hank has so many different Willie Nelson dreams that he has to, like, name them to Peggy. How many Willie Nelson dreams do you think he had? Like, that's, yeah. Right? But him just... Bursting out of a cold sweat, screaming, "Oh, Willie, no! That's a one-way street. That uh, it's got to be one of my all-time favorite things to quote from this show." Yeah, no, yeah, that's a great line. Yeah. <laughs> How about you? What What's your favorite moment? It's got to be Dale kicking the truck. Okay. It's, it has to be either that or just how horribly terrifying Howard Adderley looks. That moment f-ed me up when I was a kid. Sorry, screwed me up. Yeah. I'm not allowed to cuss. Sorry, I don't know. It me up. I'm gonna I, say I, it. I, I, I've dropped two f bombs already this episode, buddy. You're good. Oh God, our rating. <laughs> Profanity. You can cut him out, you, or you can beat me. I know. Nah, yeah, it's fine. Whatever. <laughs> um. Yeah, Howard Adderley. I mean, I, that's that's such a just a caricature of what a video game player would be like in 1997. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, are we time to give this bad boy a rating, Mark? Yeah, so let's yeah let's rate her. Let's break her down real quick. So at the bottom of the bottom, we have charcoal. That is a failure of an episode. Don't bring him to my home. We don't want you here. A uh, megalo quality is the equivalent of a bronze. It's shameful, but hey, you still got a medal. And then you have uh, the butane, which is our silver award. It's all right. It's getting better. It's not that great. It's still a bastard episode. Uh, then we have the uh, the char king imperial. That's our gold standard rating. And then finally, for the toppest of our tiers, is our Blue Flame of Valor. And where do you fall on this one, Johnny? Uh, so, I think this one kind of falls uh, right in the middle for me. I gave Hank Scott the Willies a butane rating. We got a lot of fun moments, and we got some great cameos. One in particular, it was just a lackluster B story and some repetitive, repetitive moments, like Hank constantly bitching about his guitar. Yeah. It just made it drag a little bit. Yeah, I'll give, the, I'll give it to you. I also rated her butane. Alrighty. So let's go ahead and just move swiftly on to our uh, next episode there, buddy. Yeah, so Luan our next episode. Saga. Ha, ha, ha. Luan Saga. Oh, boy. Can't <laughs> wait. I'm going to give all you listeners here a heads up. Any episode that is Luan-centric is going to be one that you need to listen to Mark really careful for because that is his favorite character. My favorite character. No qualms whatsoever about Luan. I think she is a budding just feminist icon and oh boy. Never mind that she forgot how to fix trucks by this point, and she can't even braid hair. But hey, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. She, it's fine. Yep. But she yep, will. No, she will work on on Cotton's Cadillac car a little later on. But we're not getting there yet. We're getting ahead of ourselves. We are getting ahead of ourselves. So original air date for this is February 16, nineteen ninety seven. Our cast. Oh shit! It's a Valentine's this, Day episode. 
It Sorry. is a Valentine's Day, which Never, okay. makes, it, makes it even better that she's. It's a breakup episode. That's okay. That's weird. It's already going to bump. That's already going. I'm already going to give it five extra points for that. Spoilers. That's still <laughs> that a is, at least it's thematic. Whatever. It's at least thematic. Good to know. Um, okay. So our cast of characters: Hank, Peggy, Bobby Hill, Lou Ann Platter, Dale Gribble, Mister Boomhauer. Bill Dotrieve, we get to see some Buckley today, and actually in the context of being Luann's boyfriend, mm-hmm. uh, we get some John Redcorn here. We have Stu and Stu's assistant, and then we also have a, a mention of Hoyt Platter. Now, I'm going to save the cameo for later on when it happens, mm-hmm. because it, in my opinion, is probably the best celebrity cameo of the entire series. Really? Okay. If anything else, it's because it is consistent and it turns into one of the funniest consistent jokes of the whole series, at least in my opinion here. Okay. I, I'm kind of excited for this. Yeah. yeah. All right. You ready for a synopsis here, Mark? Lay it on me. Or can I give you my synopsis and you tell me what you think of it? Yeah. No, go for it, man. Luann is sad because another boyfriend that she, or another boy that she slept with broke up with her. So Hank tries to fix it and ends up driving her somehow to Boomhauer, but not really. And yeah, it's a bad episode is where I'm ending. How about, what do you think? Did I miss anything? Um, no, not really. <laughs> not really at all. Yeah. I got, you know, she's dumped by Buckley. Her crying becomes an annoyance to Hank. So he takes her romantic life into its own hands. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I definitely ends up with Boomhauer. Yeah, it's it's a bad episode, guys. This is uh, but point of order. Luann and Boomhauer weren't smashing, right? He just like gave, he just like gave, brought her home from the bar and then let her let her crash on his couch. Correct. Boomhauer is it's this is a different Boomhauer than his brother Patch, who would have tried to smash that. Yes, but I don't know if he uh, wants to be Dick Cousins with Buckley, but that's just me. <laughs> I cannot imagine that Hank lets Boomhauer back in the alley if he's actually Dick Cousins with Buckley, but that's that's just I. That's my thing. I mean, I mean, if we're going to project into the future, he'd be Dick Cousins with Lucky, too. Oh, God, that's awful. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so our A-story characters are Hank, Luann, Peggy, and kind of tangentially Boomhauer. Yeah. Uh, I, did, this doesn't really have a B-story, this episode. Could you find one? Could you think of anything that goes on other than just I was hard-pressed general... to find an A-story in this episode, but yes. <laughs> Okay. Guys, I'm already calling it. I hate this episode. Like, don't worry. There's going to be a lot more of these, but this is the first time in Dangle Podcast where I'm like, nope, shut it off. No more King of the Hill for me. Like, Where you had to shut it off. In. No, okay. I, I don't think there was an A episode. I Or an A, an a plot. A if plot. there is, there is. It's just so straw graspy grasping at straws that's not a word but you know what i mean it's just yeah. no absolutely it's it's very sitcom tropey super sitcom you know? tropey for the first this time in sitcom yeah. tropey and i can forgive exactly. i can forgive like bobby magically tracking down willie nelson hank's hero as more of like a solid grounded in reality plot than i can this episode as being like solid grounded in reality yeah so I don't know. It's this the show doesn't do sitcommy very often, and when it does, it's usually a fail. Mm-hmm. It is usually a fail. Uh, so we got some pros and cons. I'm curious. Do you have any pros about this episode, Mark? Um, Dale is hilarious. Yes, uh, he's got the line: "Women love a big, muscular butt." 
I'm going to look for a guy with a big muscular butt and then cut to him <laughs> in the bathroom at the like weird trench, not trench. What do you call that? Trough toilet. You look like a normal guy. That is a great moment. This is a great Dale moment. Absolutely. And then, and then, and then when, um, uh, Boomhauer takes Luann home, this place is turned into Melrose place and John Redcorn jumps out the window. Yep. Great, great little snippets of Dale. So yeah. By the way, you, you named my, uh, my timely, um, era dating reference there with Melrose place, but Figure, I'll let but you have dude, it. Melrose place would have been like the hottest show on Fox right now. That 90210. Yes. You can't get away from that shit. Yeah, well, and people nowadays wouldn't know it if they hadn't rebooted it about a year ago. Did they reboot that? Yeah. The oh, Melrose God. Place and 90210. I am so glad I don't have, like, actual TV because I'd be furious. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, what other pros you got? Because you got to have more than just Dale. No. I got some notes. You want some notes? Uh, Chuck Mangione's aerobics. Uh, yeah, I think, I think this might be your character or your, what you're talking about, like the, the greatest character callback ever that keeps reoccurring. Um, this is my favorite celebrity cameo. It's fantastic. And I don't even know who the hell Chuck Mangione is outside of this show. I wouldn't know Chuck Mangione. I didn't even think he was a real person. I thought he right. was a made up character that just lived in Arlen and he was like a celebrity, but I was also seven at the time and not that smart. Um, 12 pound bag of chocolate for $10. That is a hell of a deal. Yes. Um, and these are just some of my notes. Cause I, like I say, I, the only pro I have is Dale's round muscular, butt. um, this is the beer guttiest episode. If you look when they, before they go into the bar and before they go into what's called uglies, which number one, who the hell is uglies saloon? Uglies. Yeah. That's a hell of a Texas bar name. <laughs> oh God. Uh, before they go in there, they're all standing there. And my God, they're all just beer gutty as hell. Like Hank is muffin topping the hell out of that black and red shirt and fine, whatever. Oh, yeah. And then also at the buffet, what the f*** is with those forks? Those are not forks, Johnny. Those are implements <laughs> of medieval torture. They really are. I don't even know if any single one of them has four tines. I don't even think they have three. They're just like, they're there to murder. They're not there for like food. They're there to kill. They're there to hurt. Like, oh, how man. about you? Do you have pros? Also, also, I also. Do. Do you think there? Okay, so in Hank's, um, I do have this note because it did stick with me. Um, in Hank's den, there's a marlin. Do you think yes. Hank caught that marlin? We yes, never yes, ever I do. Do we ever see him do anything with deep sea fishing? There's the one um, when they're on the boat and they jump off, but even then, they're not like fishing, are they? No, but Hank is known to be a fisherman, so I wouldn't put it past him. I wouldn't put it past him to to be. Uh, had to at least have gone sea fishing at one time. And if any of them is going to catch a marlin, it's going to be Hank. See, I feel like that's such a more Boomhauer thing. But yeah. that's, I don't know. That's, again, these are like little weird personal things that stick out to me. Yeah. But no, sure. uh, yeah. What are your, what are your favorite pros? Because I'm all out. I, I gave you all mine. So let's see. My first, my first pro here, it, this is our first real Luann episode and it is a doozy. Uh-huh. And... I, Luann is she's very much a hit or miss character for a lot of people. I I can handle her most times, and I think I give her a you know, I give her a little bit of uh, a pass because of the voice actress and how much I love the vocal work that she does. This is the late great Brittany Murphy. Yes. The r- whole reason that they can never reboot this series is because the late great Brittany Murphy has passed away and he's been gone for, geez, it's like ten years now. Ten years now, right? Yeah. It's a long time. She's been gone a long time. 
Um, but I don't know, like, Luann does play an important character. She's a very important secondary character in so many other episodes. And this establishes a lot of ditzy Luann of, I, you know, I want to prove that I can think for myself, but I really shouldn't think for myself, Luann. Yeah. You know, like it, it defines a lot of her. And I think that is a pro in this because we're going to carry that Luann for a very long time. Like you said, she's no longer the gearhead. She is ditzy. I go to community college, Luann. It's just so it's upsetting to me. Like we had such a moment there because like, yeah, she is literally the spawn of the widest of trash you can get. But wouldn't it be cool if she be if she was like a, a, a mechanical savant, you know? She doesn't have yes. to be a genius, but like, what if we did that instead of beauty school? What if instead of beauty school she dropped out of that and like, I don't know, went to diesel mechanic school or something? I, I don't I know. I mean, she Whatever. took she took one of two tracks that white trash does: it's beauty school or mechanics. <laughs> Shout out to mechanics! I have a Ford <laughs> Ranger needs repair. Give me a quote. Come send me your whitest and trashiest of mechanics, please. Fix it again, Tony. <laughs> uh, so my next pro, uh, easily in my personal opinion, it's the best celebrity cameo of the whole show. The fact that they continuously bring up Chuck Mangione and his, like, uh, why he gets to be the spokesman of Walmart, essentially, I will never know. Because Walmart doesn't have a spokesman or need one, but apparently the Megalomart does, and it's just, like, the C-tier of C-tier like one hit wonders. This guy, now I, I'm I'm losing my shit a little bit here, Mark, because I Please. just looked him up. Uh he achieved international success in nineteen seventy seven with okay. his jazz pop single Feels So Good. Okay. He is a flugelhorn player and a composer. Okay. Uh he's released more than thirty albums since nineteen sixty. Okay. Yep. Thirty albums, but what really blew my mind? I have the same birthday as Chuck Mangione. No shit. Yep. November 29, man. Me and Chuck are birthday buddies. I'm going to send him a cake next time. Hell yeah. Uh, I don't know. He he comes up in the, the weirdest spots in this whole series. They carry him through all the way to the very end of the series. Shit, they blew him they blow him up at one point. Like Yeah. He he get, he survives getting blown up. That's amazing. What, you know what's more amazing to me? Not only does he survive getting blown up, he goes back to live in the place that got blown up. He does. He continues to work for these people. Damn. Yeah. And then my last pro here is there is a sense of genuine care at a lot of times in this episode that establishes that Hank and Luann relationship. Because out of everybody in his family, she drives him the most insane. Like, you see a lot of his unconditional love for Bobby... And you see it quite frequently by comparison. Almost every time he brings up Luann, it is never in a good context. And yet, you see in this episode specifically, nope, she's my niece. I care about her. It really messes me up that she went across the street with my best buddy. Hmm. Okay. So, I figure that there's a pro there. It, it builds both their characters. Okay. Okay. I'll yeah. Give I'll, give, I'll give you that. Yeah, that's that's fine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'm going to start my cons because then you're going to get to do yours because I know you got a bunch and I'm just going to let you rant for a second. I cannot just list the entire episode. I'm not going to read the episode like script, like page to page. It's okay. It's, Go ahead. Lay it on me, buddy. Lay it on me. It's fair. So uh, my first con here is the exact same as my first pro. This is our first real Luann episode and <laughs> it's a doozy. 
Uh, when Luin is the focus of an episode, it is rarely, if ever, a good thing. Luin episodes are very problematic. They don't know how to make make a good episode with her because all she is is a white trash punchline. Okay. Okay. You know? So I, I think, really, the writers have issues, and they probably paint themselves into a lot of corners because of that. Because you can only do so much. You know, it's why Larry the Cable Guy was popular for like two years and then he's been around ever since, but nobody actually gives a shit about him. Okay. Uh, And then my other con here is that in my, like, from my observation, Peggy gets way too nosy here. And while it is character for her, she gets, like, her information towards Luann is super flawed. Who the hell is going to let somebody, like, get seven humps of grief and let her, like, cry consistently for three solid weeks? Like geez yeah that's that's a good point yeah so i this was a little bit too much for peggy and she gets super uppity with hank and hank genuinely like i mean he's trying at this point and she gets real shitty with him just for trying and i don't think that's very cool i think she gives hank bad advice how the hell is hank gonna know how to deal with what how old is the man like 19 18 maybe maybe 20 tops because when she turns 21 it's a big damn deal and the only and my my uh bearing on this is what uh beer can can name desire she's not of legal drinking age so she can't cash in the Mm -hmm. beer can so we know Mm -hmm. she's pre-21 years old so we can call it 1920 how the hell is hank gonna deal with this type is it this is the episode of God Hank put on or Luann put on some pants? I'm wearing pants, Uncle Hank. I'm wearing oh, shorts. Don't stop s- sitting like don't that. Don't sit like that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and it's it's I mean exactly like Hank is constantly just screaming at her like, I ju- why don't you clean up my den? Why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? Like, the pullout is in the out position. Shut up. Like, why are you yeah. going through a room anyway? Like she lives there for for all intents and purposes. You don't have a den anymore, Hank. It's yeah. You should you have know, come to terms with it a while ago. You still have the lawn. Like it's I don't know. Anyway, sorry. You keep no, going. No, no. I'll bitch about this. In no, a that minute. was you it. Keep going. No, that was it. That was my cons. Like oh. I mean, they're big cons. The biggest one is that it's a Luann episode, so it's hard. Okay. Like it is really hard to enjoy a Luann episode. I can't wait till we get to major babies, man. Oh God, shoot me now! I can't wait. <laughs> I don't till think we get you're going to gonna be able to rewatch Bible it. Study. <laughs> um, Very true. So short of me, like just bitching, because I don't want to just bitch. Um, I already said I don't think there's an A plot in this, really. Um, sure. Just what I have for my note is there is no arc. There is no real story. Hank doesn't learn anything. He just gets browbeaten into letting Luann back in. But I do have one note. It's kind of weird to me. This is the first weird acid trip scene in this show. When okay. Peggy is talking about the like scores of women who have come before them that have been broken up and stuff. And Hank is like visualizing or visualizing like the suffragettes and like the, the, the women's protests and stuff like that. It's right. a weird thing. It's this weird animation thing. You see it like the man that shot Kane Scratterberg. I think that's the name of the episode. Yes, you see it a yes. couple of times. But Hank has these weird fever dream acid trips, and I don't get it. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but you really see him fall off after. I want to say like the second or third season. They just stop existing. But it's just sure. weird to me. It's just a really weird, weird thing that it's not out of place because I get it. 
But you can't tell me that Peggy's such, like, a masterful orator that she can, like, draw forth these, you know, images in Hank's mind. I, I don't know. It's No, for sure. To me, it's very much shades of something you would see in Beavis and Butthead. And I, I want to say that that's where he got a lot of his stuff from because, like, Beavis and Butthead used to, you know, they, they'd go and huff some paint thinner or something and get all stupid. And then the whole episode was like that. Yeah. But no, you're right. It is. It is. It's kind of weird. It's out of place, and it does. It just falls off after a while. I think they figured out like, if we're gonna do this, we don't need to to do it in the same sense as The Simpsons, where it's just the same four things revolving around somebody's head. That's also true, and maybe that's what it is too. Maybe I don't know. I guess I don't have cultural context for 1996 because I was but a child, or 97 because I was right. but a child. But like, maybe this was a big thing that happened, like these weird character moments. This is pre-Family yeah. Guy cutaway gags. It really is. So I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't have anything else to say about this. When you want to rate it real quick? Um, well, I, I want to. And why did you give, give it you your my favorite Blue Flame of Valor Award? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to tell you my, my favorite moment because oh yours shit, is I'm sorry, I'm so be... sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. sorry. <laughs> yours has got to be Dale hitting on dudes at the bar, right? Uh, no, it, it's that one or when they're eating cookie dough and Hank goes, I didn't know you could just eat this out of the thing. If only we had some ice cream. They make cookie dough ice cream. Get my keys. Like, he's genuinely <laughs> excited about this. It's, and it's I kind of wonder wholesome. if Peggy just buys him, like, vanilla ice cream all the time because she's like, oh, that's what Hank is going to like. Hank doesn't do shopping. He is a modern man in 1996-7. He is not going to go shopping. And he sure shoot he does no type of ice cream he likes unless they're going to, like, the 31 flavors. And even then, I bet he still, like, has to, like, grapple back and forth with, like, oh, rum, raisin, or tin roof Sunday. Oh, I'll go vanilla. Yep. No reason to get excited. Yep. Like, yeah. Other than oh, that, yeah. <laughs> Uh, the only other thing I have in here, and this is this might be the some of the stuff that just drives you bonkers, but I lose it as somebody who loves voice acting. The solid 30 seconds of Brittany Murphy crying. It just makes me laugh so hard every time I hear it. Like, she goes through so many different things yeah. of just, like, losing her shit, eventually just screaming at Hank, why aren't you saying anything? Oh, you look pretty. <laughs> it just completely bites his head off. But like all the way up to the point where she is just sobbing uncontrollably in her sleep. And Hank is losing his shit. I, I, every time, every time. That okay. is some masterful voice acting range right there. Okay. Yeah, I'll give you that. No, maybe I am unfairly cruel to Brittany Murphy because she does do an, she does do a good job. But then, too, she, but then, too, like, uh, as long as you're talking about people crying, character. how long has Bill been divorced at this point? Five years? Yes. And he's still crying himself to sleep at night? God damn, take hold of your cock and be a man about this one, dude. It's been five years. Like, Yeah. We'll, we'll I, I even have that note. Fucking Bill crying. Like, <laughs> We'll get into some Bill trauma here before too long. And no, one, I know. I going to be a fun episode. I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty Pretty Dresses might be one of my Blue Flame of Valors. I'm telling you right now. No shit. No. Cool. Interesting. All right. Neat. It might be. Okay. All right. So uh, let's let's give this guy a rating here. You yeah. want to give yours first or you want me to give mine? You do yours first. I think I went first last time. Sure. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm going to give this one. Uh, Luan Saga is going to get a mega low rating. It's a, it's a bronze level. It's uh, it, it, I was almost a charcoal. 
It was really close. Luann's story is a really, really hard to sell. She's a hard character to love. She is very hit or miss. Uh, she got a lot of good development here, and that's that is one of the main reasons that this didn't get a charcoal rating. Uh, we also got to feel so good and got sure. introduced to our man Chuck Mangione. So uh, we have like two redeeming qualities here that don't completely tank it, mm. but it's pretty close. This is definitely the least least thought out and least like King of the Hill episode we've seen so far. Okay, okay. And you know what? I'm glad you went first because you, you did inspire me to change it. I was going to rate this charcoal, but you're right. I am unduly cruel to poor Brittany Murphy, and there is some solid character development, and our man CM Punk is in it, by which I mean Chuck <laughs> Mangione. Uh, now I really want to hear Cults of Personality with a flugelhorn. Look in my eyes! What do you see? <laughs> 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 oh man somebody get a hold of living color <laughs> oh. alrighty Mark well I think that's this week's episode right I think that wraps her up yeah we got uh, what, what we got we got a couple of butanes and a couple of, of uh, megalo quality episode or megalo quality ratings and yeah any final thoughts anything you want to throw out there I just want to ask you Mark you, do you still like King of the Hill oh god barely <laughs> It's, wow, it was that bad, I guess. Already tenuous. Already tenuous. But no, you really you brought me back from the brink. You're right. I am being unduly cruel to Brittany Murphy. So, no, it's Don't still good. Sing. If for no other reason, I, I like uh, Hank's Got the Willies. I, King of the Hill is still a good show <laughs> yes. with Hank's Got the Willies. Uh, no, it, yeah, I still like King of the Hill. Do you, How do you feel? You still like King of the Hill? I still love King of the Hill, man. All right. Um, you can find us at danglepodcast at gmail.com. More than likely by this point, there will be a Twitter page at danglepodcast at Twitter, but we'll keep you guys updated on that. Uh, you can find me at Marky Stardust on Twitter. You can also find me on my other podcast, the Two Wizards Podcast. And Johnny, what do you got, buddy? Uh, you can find me at twitch.tv backslash krautball, as in sauerkraut and Swedish meatballs. And uh, for all you listeners out there, hopefully the quality of this episode is quite a bit better. Uh, I did uh, change microphones and uh, not recording on a potato anymore. So let's hope it's good. We said it before. They don't get the voices right till the first like couple episodes anyway. It's fine. That Yes, we did. Yes, we did. You'll have to give us a little, little bit of love here. Because <laughs> a little bit of love... Feels so good. <laughs>